Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today on the podcast, we're going to look at Hebrews 13. Let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them, those who are being tortured as though you yourselves were being tortured. Let the marriage be held in honor by all, and let the marriage bed be kept undefiled, for God will judge fornicators and adulterers. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For as he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we pray that you would help us to hear the Holy Spirit through our brother Paul. God, we ask for wisdom today as we seek to center our hearts. God, we pray that you would help us to think about what love really means and to put it into practice in observable ways. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I love this chapter of Hebrews and was really blessed uh, this morning to see it in the lectionary. Here, Paul shares a number of things that at first might seem unrelated, and that's the way the Bible typically is. If you just read it as a disconnected collection of sayings, you don't necessarily find or spot the themes. And one of the passions of my life with regard to the Bible is to identify and highlight themes or patterns, a thread, if you will, that would run through a particular passage. And I think there's a strong thread here. Paul begins with, let mutual love continue. And I believe that it's really important for us to see that that is the theme of this passage, love. And I'm going to demonstrate why I think it's it's the theme and why there are a real sense of there's a real sense of interconnectedness here. But first, we have to understand what love means. Uh, many of us think love just simply means warm, fuzzy feelings. Uh, my parents, uh, who were hippies back in the day when they were married, uh, they chose for their vows um, a phrasing that said, we will love one another as long as love shall last. Now, thankfully, um, love did last, and I think not um, not in, in a small way due to the fact that my parents both came to know Jesus and became Christians and ultimately re-engaged their vows and took away the as long as love shall last bit and just said, for better or for worse, till death do us part. I think that in our modern age, Love tend to, tends to mean a warm, fuzzy feeling or a sense of gratification or what, or how you feel when someone shows love to you or makes you feel uh, cared for. But love to the ancients, and I would argue for us, love should be defined in this way, to desire the good of another. See, love is inherently meant to draw us out of ourselves. Love is not meant to turn inward. Love is meant to push you out to cause you to uh, think about the good of other people, the good of God, and to love him well, to love one another well. And that's what plays out in the rest of this passage. So once we understand that mutual love means to mutually desire the good of one another, 
then we're able to understand why Paul lists off several things that at first glance might seem disconnected. As soon as he says, let mutual love continue, he then follows that up by saying, I want you to show hospitality to strangers. And then he says, I want you to show care for those who are living on the margins. See, those two admonitions involve demonstrating and embodying a desire for the good of others who might otherwise be ignored. See, for us to love strangers, to extend hospitality to them, for us to care for people who are imprisoned or on the margins, those who are living uh, with uh, less than us or in a different space than us, that, those types of love, that pushing outward beyond your own boundaries, it, it requires that you be a person who rejects scarcity and self-preservation. The Lord wants us to be those who desire the good, not just of ourselves, and our immediate intimate relationships, but those who would desire the good of others, even others that we don't share space with on a regular basis. The Lord wants you to be free of scarcity and self-prez. And I think that it would be really good for each and every one of us as we are able to do a little bit of internal auditing here. Would you say that self-preservation and scarcity define the way that you engage need, both in yourself and other people? If so, I believe there's an opportunity for us to reject some self-preservation and say yes to him. Again, as soon as he lists those things, Paul then says, tend to your marriage and reject shortcuts in all their forms. Here we see an invitation to move beyond the stranger and the marginalized to love those who are in your intimate space. See, intimate space is difficult for many people when it comes to tending to love because we tend to be hostile with those with whom we share space on a daily basis. You know, you've heard that saying, familiarity breeds contempt. Oftentimes you're at your very worst with people who are either really far from you or really close to you. People really far, like being dismissive uh, of, a, of a waiter or a server in a restaurant because you don't see them as a human or um, hanging the bird and laying down on your horn in traffic. Those are, that's hostility toward people that feel like unpeople to you, like not even real to you. But we also sometimes vent our worst behavior on people who are the closest to us, our spouse, our children, our best friends, our family members. And so Paul here says, tend to those who are far away, that you would tend to see as not human, as just a faceless crowd, a, a need, a demand. But then he says, I want you to tend to those who are very close by. And he uses marriage as an analogy, which I find really interesting that um, he uses marriage. And he basically says, reject shortcuts, escapism. So you need to understand that fornication and adultery here, when he speaks about the marriage bed, what he's speaking to is that those things are not just behaviors to avoid. Those things are, are shortcutting a process of intimacy that when you're in an intimate relationship and you feel disappointed, to turn then to an anonymous relationship or another relationship and defile your own marriage bed is you succumbing to a shortcut, not loving well. And this is what happens when we check out. See, adultery and fornication are two ways that we attempt to experience the intimacy of sex without the commitment of marriage. And I want to be really clear with you. The Bible is unambiguous in its prohibition of sex outside of marriage. And it's not because God wants to spoil our fun. 
It's not that God wants you to feel trapped in a loveless marriage. It's that God wants you to recognize that intimacy is hard work. Karen and I have been married since 1996. So we by now know what we have got ourselves into. And it's not always been easy for us. Um, we, we have some people who look at us and think, oh, gosh, you, you guys just got lucky. And I would argue that we, we were a disaster early in our marriage. My wife would certainly affirm that. And yet we've worked on it. We've refused to allow intimacy to be uh, traded for something else. Um, we've refused to give in to the shortcuts. We've refused to grow distant and cold and hostile toward one another. We've decided to let mutual love continue. And love means to choose day by day by day to desire the good of another. What does it look like for you to tend to mutual love in your intimate relationships? See, sometimes we just want to deal with those who are really far away. But the Lord here says, I want you to be loving toward those who are far away and those who are really nearby. And then the next thing the writer does is the writer says, I want you to reject the love of money, which is effectively him saying, do not seek satisfaction in material possession. And here we gain a glimpse of God's love for us. We can trust him because he desires our good. We can rest in God's love for us. And this is what enables us to love one another. Hear these words again. God says in this passage, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Goodness gracious, y'all. That's an invitation for us to hear the Lord say, I desire your good. I love you. I will not leave you. So therefore you can love both the stranger and those in your intimate space. And so I just want to ask you today to do a little bit of evaluation, a little audit of your life. How are you with those who are nameless in your life? Servers, people in traffic, the marginalized at the border, people in your community that you don't interface with. How are you? Are you showing love? Are you desiring the good of those? And at the same time, how are you in your intimate relationships? Do people feel taken for granted? Do you vent? Do you unload? Because you can? The Lord wants us to be the kinds of folks who desire the good of those who are far away and those who are nearby. And finally, he says, we're called to remember and love our leaders. And I used to be really uncomfortable with passages like this because I am a leader in the church. And I think the reason why Paul here says that you need to look about and think about love when you look at your leaders is that your leaders are people who've been given spiritual authority in your life. And their job is to help teach you so that you would learn how to love. And the truth of the matter is, y'all, we need competent leaders now more than ever before. We need men and women in the church who can show us the way. And I'm no longer afraid of this passage. I feel more and more confident to say, look at my life, consider the outcome of my life, and follow me and imitate me as I imitate Jesus. And I would argue to you that wherever it is that you live, you should be a person who requires that your leaders be worthy of emulation. So look at your leaders. And the truth of the matter is you probably have an incomplete picture of your leaders. Uh, they're not perfect. And you may think you know things about them that you do not know. You may uh, have some gaps in your understanding and not see parts of their shadow. 
that's just the truth. We, we have a hard time really knowing anyone fully and deeply. And yet, you can gain a sense. Does a leader have scandal surrounding her or him? Are leaders trustworthy? And I believe that the Lord would have you and me follow leaders who are worthy of our respect and that then we would respect them. I believe the Lord has got something in mind for you to think about love, to think about those who are nameless, those who are close by, and those who he has entrusted leadership in your life, who's given spiritual authority to lead. And I believe the Lord wants us to think love when we think about those populations. Father, we ask for your help. We ask for your mercy and your grace. I pray, God, that you would give us what we need today to say yes to you. Lord, that we would be the kinds of people who learn to love and love well. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you felt moved or inspired by something in this podcast, an idea, an image, or an impression, carry it with you into your day as a prayer, coming back to it again and again in the spaces throughout your day. Be curious about what God wants to show you. What in your life needs to hear this word of encouragement, inspiration, or course correction? And be courageous in your response. The Holy Spirit will give you the grace to carry out whatever He places on your heart. And thank you for being with us today. We look forward to having you with us again next time here at Renewing the Center. Mm -hmm.